0: Our focus this season of Lent has been on giving up bad things, giving up bad things for Lent, not necessarily chocolate or carbohydrates or wine or even uh, college sports, but instead giving up bad character traits, bad approaches to life, bad responses to life. And so today, uh, we're talking about giving up something bad for Lent, uh, dodging the rain. Dodging the rain. Matthew chapter 26 is our text, verses 1 through 16. When Jesus had finished saying all these things, he said to his disciples, you know that after two days the Passover is coming, and the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people gathered in the palace of the high priest, who was called Caiaphas, and they conspired to arrest Jesus by stealth and to kill him. But they said, not during the festival, or there may be a riot among the people. Now, while Jesus was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very costly ointment, and she poured it on his head as he sat at the table. But when the disciples saw it, they were angry, and they said, why this waste? For this ointment could have been sold for a large sum and the money given to the poor. But Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why do you trouble the woman? She has performed a good service for me. For you will always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. By pouring this ointment on my body, she has prepared me for burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever this good news is proclaimed in the whole world, What she has done will be told in remembrance of her. Then one of the twelve, who was called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, What will you give me if I betray him to you? They paid him thirty pieces of silver. And from that moment, he began to look for an opportunity to betray him. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Pray with me once more. God, whatever it is that you would have us to to take away from this proclaiming of your word, we pray, God, that we're able to, to hear it, we're able to see it, and that we have the hearts to receive it. May your preacher be nothing more than just a vessel, an instrument of your grace. Amen. I'm getting a little bit older now, and I don't remember things from my childhood as vividly as I once did, but I do still remember how much I hate it being stuck out in the rain. Be it at a ball game, that all of a sudden the storm pops up and you're stuck out on the field with a long way to go to the car, or uh, as was often the case in the summer months, I would be at my grandparents who technically lived next door, and I would have to try to run home in the rain, and I just I hated it. I hated that feeling of the rain falling on me, my shirt sticking to me. It just not not something that I enjoyed. It was definitely a problem. Being the problem solver that I am, even at a young age, I figured out a way to avoid getting pelted with the raindrops. It was simple. All I would do is just dodge them. Being the athletic and agile kid that I was, it couldn't be that hard. I would just imagine myself being on a special mission, kind of like Rambo or uh, G.I. Joe or John Wayne or Eddie Murphy in 48 Hours. So I imagine each raindrop as a bullet. And so to survive getting from point A to point B, all I had to do was to dodge all these heavenly bullets that were raining down on me from the clouds. Now, some missions were easier than others. Sometimes the, the rain bullets raining down on me were of a larger caliber. These big, heavy raindrops, they would make a lot of... Sound when they hit the ground, but uh, they were uh, spaced out well. They were big. You could see them coming. They were more of uh, rain plops as opposed to rain drops. But let me tell you, when one of those big mountain induced thunderstorms comes through and one of those rain plops hits you in the back of your neck, you're wet. It's like being hit with a water balloon. But the hardest missions were those in the little stingy rain you know the little stingy rain that comes sideways unlike the big rain plops the little stingy rays would always the little stingy rain would always come at you in a hurry and the only way you had a chance to dodge the little stingy raindrops was to outrun them outrun the rain maybe a little juke left or a little juke right depending on which way the wind was blowing that was your only hope never worked out too well just like with the rain plops it always seemed as if the rain won but the worst case scenario in any rain dodging mission the worst case scenario is losing your footing because once you slip like Duke basketball you're done covered in mud soaking wet there's no point in trying to dodge the rain anymore so you might as well just give up with my mama and Papa large and being the porch sitting people that they were I wonder how many times they watched their only grandson running around trying to juke the rain trying to avoid his heavenly bullet problem i wonder how many times they thought to themselves this boy has some real problems <laughs> speaking of problems did you know that in the the translation of scripture that we use most often here the word problem or problems only shows up 3 times 3 times There is a word more frequently used to describe problem types of things, and that word is trouble or troubles. You know, T-R-O-U-B-L-E. Regardless of what you want to call the hardships faced in life, be they problems or troubles or rainstorms, storms for short, they exist for us all, right? We all know problems. We all know troubles. We all know storms. They exist throughout the scriptures as well, although they may not be called problems or storms. They may be called troubles. But they exist. And Jesus in the Gospels, were he was no stranger to the problematic troubles that come along with living a fleshy life, a flesh and blood life. And take a look at the passage that we just read a moment ago. And just listen, all the trouble, all, all the problems... So Jesus is preparing to share in this Passover meal with his disciples. And he tells them after a couple of days, he's going to be crucified. That's trouble. Jesus knew that trouble. And sure enough, you know, he wasn't wrong in telling them that because the chief priests and the elders, they're plotting against him. They're saying, Let's not kill him yet, but soon. That's trouble. While at Bethany, at the home of Simon the leper, leprosy, a major health problem. Jesus is anointed by a woman there with an expensive ointment, and it makes his disciples angry. So they have a conflict. He and his disciples, they, they, they have a conflict. They have a disagreement. His friends are outraged. This ointment could be sold for a lot of money, and we can give the money to the poor. And Jesus says, that's well-intentioned. But she's doing something special for me, and you won't always have me, which for them is a problem. But he says, you will always have the poor. The fact that we will always have the poor, another problem. Jesus says, Don't forget, guys, I'm going to die. And then one of his friends, Judas, betrays him. Trouble. Jesus knew it quite well, as we see evidence just in 16 verses. Jesus knew the troubles of earthly living were many. He knew the inevitability of problems. He knew the inevitability of his crucifixion. But he continued to live anyway. You hear me? Even with the inevitability of his crucifixion, he continued to live anyway. He broke bread with his people after stating the inevitability of his crucifixion. That's continuing to live. Breaking bread with folks. He continued to have meaningful conversations with those around him, even when he knew he was just a few days away from dying. That's continuing to live. Just because he was, in fact, burdened by the inevitability of his catastrophic problems, that did not mean that he could not still live. But what happens for a lot of us these days as we encounter our inevitable share of problems, troubles, and storms, is that a lot of us quit living when the rain starts to fall. We do our best to to dodge the problems and the storms, but they come. Ours is not a problem-free world. We well know There are no problem-free jobs. There are no problem-free relationships. No problem-free homes. There are not even any problem-free churches. We cannot run or escape from the problems forever. The rain is going to come. And the more we run, the more we try to dodge it, the more likely we are to lose our footing and slip and fall. And if we slip and fall, the more likely it is that we just give up. Overwhelmed by the storms of life, many of us stop living. Sure, there's still breath. There's still a, a heartbeat. There's still waking and sleeping and tasks and routines. But for some of us, that's it. That's not what God intends for us. We only see problem when the rain falls, when the troubles come. We become so overwhelmed by them. We only see problem. And as it was said a few weeks ago, when all we see is problem, we fail to see joy. And where there is no joy, the heart of God breaks. So what I believe that we need to do in the knowledge that problems in life are inevitable, I believe we need to learn not how to dodge the rain, but instead we need to learn how to dance in the rain. Now, I don't know a whole lot about dancing. I know there are several people here, including my friends up here, the Orvitzes, who who know quite a bit about dancing. But here are a few things that I can gather from it. It is an art form. When it's good, it's graceful. And anybody can technically do it. They may not do it well but they can do it, and people dance because it makes them feel joyful, like you don't dance out of obligation, you dance because it makes you feel alive, right? It can be done alone, but it's usually best done with a partner. A partner who can anticipate your next move. A partner who understands where you're coming from and where you're going. A partner who hopefully can keep the timing with you and not step on your feet. Learning to dance in the rain. That would be good for us. Because what was it that our great teacher said that one time about rain and its inevitability? The rain falls on the just and the unjust alike. There's no escaping the storms. The more and more we try to escape, the more prone we are to slipping and falling and just flat out giving up. We would do better to learn how to dance. What we need though are good dance partners. Folks who do not mind finding the joy in the storm with us. Folks who can gracefully and artistically navigate the challenges that the storms pose. Folks who can keep a good rhythm with us folks who understand the value of the dance in the rain. And I hope we all have partners like that. I really do. But I will say with certainty today that we all have at least one partner. Jesus exemplifies what dancing in the rain looks like. Seriously. You know, we don't receive many weather reports in Scripture. At no point in the Gospels does a chapter start on a rainy day in Bethany. Or it was slightly overcast as Jesus gathered with his disciples to break bread today. There's none of that. But we know. We know Jesus knew how to dance in the rain. We know that Jesus knew what it was like to dance in the rain because Jesus is like us. One of us. What a great dance partner to have. One who knows where we are coming from One who knows where we are going. One like us. Prone to problems. Prone to troubles. Prone to storms. The actual ones that we do read about and the other more metaphorical ones that we read about. And a whole host of others that we don't read about that we know he experienced. Jesus can be our rain-dancing partner because he knows the rhythm of the rain firsthand. And so he danced in the rain. He danced in the rain when he broke bread, even in the midst of the trouble. He danced in the rain when he had meaningful conversations, even in the midst of the trouble. He danced in the rain because he continued to live anyway. Do you hear me? He continued to live anyway. His eyes fixed on a cross, the inevitability of his death shadowing over him, he continued to live anyway. Even after, even after. Even after he continued to live anyway. And more bread will be broken after because he continued to live anyway. More meaningful conversations will be had because he continued to live. Anyway, take heart, beloved. The storms, the problems, the troubles, they will not overtake us. And the reason why is, because he continued to live anyway pray with me God as the storms of life continue to rage in all the ways in which they do Pray that you would give us the courage to dance. Give us good folks to dance with. And you take the lead. You take the lead as you have done so many times before, even on a cross on a hill far away. It is in the name of the one who continues to live that we pray. And all God's people say,